welcome to Tales from the Multiverse, where I, Gabe Sluice, will spin you stories from worlds parallel and beyond our own. This week, I've got a fun one for you guys. Coming from my short story collection movement is The Last Story, The Game. This story takes place uh, in the same world as you would see in the very end of Arrow of Time if you've read my novel. If not, stick around, listen to some of my older podcasts, and you'll get caught up. Until then, I hope you guys enjoy this week's podcast. The Game A bright crow flew over the default black ground of the bi-dimensional world. Animated grass, bushes, and trees were no obstacle as it flew in a straight line over the flat landscape. From the crow's overhead view, it strained to see further ahead the viewpoint shifting behind its flapping wings so it could see the upcoming cottage in the middle of a meadow. As the bird got within normal vision range, the viewpoint shifted back, centered above the thick, animated lines of its body. The crow landed in an open window ledge, and the scene changed. Sitting on the edge of the interior cottage room, the crow cried two times. Stirring from the chair, an old man, white beard and walking staff, yelled at the intruding bird. I hear you, I hear you. If that's Inya or Rawl, your father will hear about it this time, Janu threatened. The crow once again squawked and bobbed his head up and down, twice. The old man crossed his single room dwelling and centered himself on the window in front of the visitor. Well, which is it? Your grandfather can't quite tell you two apart when you are foolish enough to get turned into beasts. Once for Enya, and twice for Rawl. The crow flapped its wings and let out two grating chirps. Rawl, I could have guessed. How many times must I warn you before you listen? Hum, the old man said. He hummed a deep note and stamped his staff against the mustard yellow floor. Orange sparks leaping away. The staff hummed the same note as the old man bonked his grandson on the top of his crow head. Flickering back to the form of a green-haired boy, the image of the crow reappeared. Blinking back and forth with greater frequency, Rawl finally emerged in his proper form. Thanks, Gramps, Rawl said, hopping down from the windowsill. I beat Inna back. Just then, there was two solid thumps at the front door of the cottage, shaking the entire view. You let your sister get transformed too? Sorry, Grandpa, it wasn't our fault this time, Rawl cried. Come on, let's fix her up too then. The two-dimensional figures exited the cottage, and the view flashed to the exterior. An animated horse in the same style of Rawl's crow stood next to the front door. It pawed the ground twice and let out a high-pitched neigh. Janu shook his head. What have you two been told about leaving the high forest? Every time you go down into the valley, you get yourselves into trouble. We were just down by the river picking berries, Rawl explained. The witch came out of nowhere and zapped us with no warning. Were you on her side of the river? You've been warned not to pester that old witch. We didn't think we were. We were on the small island in the middle. The Chernika berries are so big there, and we thought it would be okay, Rawl said. Now will you turn in a back? The horse whipped her tail back and forth as her grandfather performed the same spell he had used to transform Rawl into his standard form. Janu hummed a strong note, stamped his staff, and bonked the horse on her head. 
flickering back into a girl, Anna stood up onto her feet and crossed her arms at her younger brother. You only beat me because you could fly, she said tersely. Gramps, Rawl cried out in his own plithy way. Your spell didn't work. She still has a horse face. Oh, enough, Janu said, holding back his laughter. This is serious. You're going to get warped into a turtle or a fish next time, and we will never find you to turn you back. I'm going to have to tell your father. No, Grandpa, no, the green-haired siblings cried in unison. Janu eyed his grandchildren and nodded his head. I'll make you a deal, my silly little beasts. I will teach you a game, and if you can beat me, we can keep this between us. Deal? Yes, yes, they both said, jumping up and down. What kind of game is it? Inna asked. Are we on a team? Rawl asked. This game is between two people, so you can take turns throwing, Janu explained. First, we must draw a score yard. Follow me. Janu walked across the small meadow until he reached a rock the size of a man's head. He then took off his staff and drew a ring around the rock, two more in front of the rock, and then a big ring around all the circles. As he marked numbers in each circle, he explained the game. A traveler through this world taught me this contest. We had to adapt it a bit, as you always must for the terrain, but that's the fun of it. He played it as a child up in the trees, where each circle was rather a branch that they landed the batons on. But here in this meadow, we use circles and rocks to make it more complex. Now for the batons. Janu held up his staff and dropped it to the ground, where it separated into three equal length segments. He had Raoul gather them up, and the group counted ten paces away from the score yard. We will throw from here, Janu said, marking another mark on the short grass. Now, some rules. There are three rounds. Each player gets three throws per round. Wherever your baton lands, you get that many points. The rock circle is five, the left and right are four, and the big circle is three. If you miss, you get two. Okay, Anna said. That seems easy enough. So whatever team has the most points at the end of the round wins? Janu nodded his head. That's right, but each round is slightly different. The first round is easy, we just added our scores. Let's throw, and I'll explain the rules for the second round and the third round as we go. I'll go first, Raul cried, handing the two batons to his sister. The little boy stuck his tongue out of his mouth to the side as he underhand threw the baton directly at the rock. The stick bounced off the rock and rolled outside the three ring. Nice throw, Raul, Inna mocked. Now it's my turn. Inna tossed the baton with much more control across the pitch, where it landed with a bounce into the four ring. She let out a whoop of satisfaction as Raul grabbed the last baton. Again, with his protruding tongue, Rawl threw the baton, twisting it through the air, bouncing against the rock, but remaining inside the five ring. That's what I was trying to do last time. Luck, Inna commented. Good, kids. Eleven points. Not bad at all, Janu said. Now it's my throw. Janu unceremoniously threw all three of his sticks in rapid succession, overhand, but with a light touch. When the baton settled, Janu was left with two threes and a five. So we're tied. Now on to the second round. Nothing changes except if you get multiple batons in the same ring, they are multiplied by each other. Understand? You got two in the three round last, Rawl said. So if you did that in this round, it would be worth nine points? That's right. And if you got three threes, that would be 27? Anna asked. 
Yes, and if in the next two rounds you can get five in a row, they all multiply. But if it's three threes in this round and a single three in the last round, you don't get 83. It has to be five in a row. That's over 200 points. You'd win for sure, Rawl cried. 243, and yes, you would almost assuredly win. But there is still this round and its rules. So let's go ahead. It's your throw. I'll do this round, and you can have round three, okay? Anna said to her brother. He nodded, and Anna threw. This round, she took her time, throwing all the batons very carefully. At the end of her turn, she had a five and two fours. Twenty-one! Nice job, dear! With your eleven, that makes thirty-two, Janu said, and prepared to throw. Once again, he rapidly threw the batons, scoring three threes. Oh no! Rawl stamped his feet. Thirty-two to thirty-eight! It's up to you, Rawl, Ennis said, serious about the game. Dad will be furious if he finds out we got turned into animals again. On the final round, no multipliers here, but instead, if you get a prime-numbered score, it doubles and takes ten points from your opponent. Both three and five are prime, Rawl commented slyly. I could get a three, and that would count, right? But you have two other batons, Anna pointed out, and no matter where you throw them, anything outside the three ring is two points. Seven's a prime number, Rawl said undefeated. One in the three, two on the outside. If you think that 14 points is a lot, and Grandpa could probably do the same thing, still winning by his lead of six. Hmm, Rawl said. I guess I just shoot and see what I can do along the way. With his signature face, Rawl threw his first baton. It bounced end over end and set it leaning against the five rock. He made a face, shrugging his shoulders, and threw his next baton. It squarely landed right in the four ring. Nine! What should I do? Just two more for an eleven? He asked his sister. Another four would be better. Rawl, what is more important in this game? Accuracy or consistency? His grandfather asked as he debated his next move. Accuracy, he said, thinking about the four ring. No, consistency, Anna said. What makes you say that? Janu asked his oldest grandchild. You could get way more points if you could be consistent in the last two rounds. But if you could be accurate, you could beat your opponent by just enough, Rawl said. Well, in my opinion, you're both right. Each round has different rules, where both skills are valuable. It's important to know when to use which strategy, Janu concluded. Well, now that I've distracted you, good luck with your throw. Rawl gave a playful, dirty look to his grandfather and took his throwing stance. He arced the baton high, and it plopped squarely down in the left forering. Ha-ha! He shouted. Twenty-six more for me, and ten less for you, Gramps. Fair enough, Janu said. You have fifty-eight, and I have twenty-eight. Janu collected the batons and repositioned himself behind the pitch line. As he did the two rounds before, he launched the three batons overhand, which all came to rest in the five ring. Rowl and Inna jumped up and down in victory. Hooray! They shouted. We beat him by five! That you did, and I proved my own point. That would have been a game-ending turn if I had done it in the second round, but in the third, it was not enough to win. Janu patted both his grandchildren on the head before they ran over to pick up the batons. 
Back in Janu's possession, he stacked them on top of each other, and the staff reformed. So you won't tell our dad what we've done? Rawl asked cautiously. You won, and that was the deal. I will go down to the valley and have a word with your grandmother, though. You two go home now, and keep to the forest, he scolded as the two ran away. Anna waved as they reached the path home. Rawl did not stop as he leaped along down, planning out loud how he'd make a traveler's toss pitch of his own. And in the bi-dimensional world, the old man went back into his cottage, calm, settling over the meadow. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in this week and listening to this short story. If you like this one, I got plenty more. Find your way on over to Smashwords, Barnes & Noble, or iBooks and pick yourself up a free copy of any of my works. Alright, next week is where it's going to start getting good. I'm going to start with the first three chapters of my book I'm working on, Behold the Interstice, starting with uh, one that takes place in the five worlds. These are not going to be to miss. Alright, I will see you guys next week. Until then, say hello to me on Twitter. I'm at Gabe Sluice. See you guys later.